Yo MTG Taps is sponsored by Amazing Spiral Comics in the Rotunda Mall in Hamden, Maryland. Selling singles online as I Want My MTG. And you can find our online store on our website, IWantMyMTG.com. You can also find our podcast every week on thestarkingtonpost.com, top8magic.com, o2drop.com, and mtgcast.com. Hi, this is Ken Nagel. This is Patrick Chapin. Hi, this is Evan Irwin. And you're listening to Yo! MTG Taps. everybody, welcome to episode number 22 of Yo! MTG Taps. This is Joey Pasco And Big Head Joe. Coming to you live from my dining room, which we just happened to be able to get back into because we locked ourselves out of the house. Um, <laughs> so, this one might feel a little rushed because we were kind of locked out for about an hour. Um, <laughs> anyway... Uh, let's get started. Yeah, we want to hop right into the most important news of the day, and that's that Dallas Braden pitched a perfect game last night on Mother's Day um, for the Oakland A's against the Tampa Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays have had a perfect game pitched against them uh, once or twice in the last two years. Last year it was Mark Burley for the Chicago White Sox, pitching the 18th uh, perfect game in Major League history, and this year is Dallas Braden pitching the 19th perfect game. So as, as Dallas Braden's grandma said, stick it, A-Rod. <laughs> um, so let's move on to actual magic news. Right. Uh, last week, anybody who listened to last week's episode knows that I, um, I made some comments about TCG Player, about their website. Uh, I, I felt like it could, be, um, it could be organized better. They didn't have coverage. At the time of our recording, they didn't have information about their... Uh, their 5K that was last weekend, we had trouble finding the deck lists. Um, and I had mentioned also about what uh, the situation that happened with, with TCG Player and Monday Night Magic. And uh, the day I posted the episode, I also happened to... Um, I, I wrote to TCG Player to let them know about the criticisms um, that I had made on the podcast. Um, just to give them an opportunity to respond... Uh, I didn't want it to be like a low blow kind of thing, like where I'm just going to talk bad about them and and not maybe not expect them to ever hear it or or, or whatever. Um, I wanted them to to have the opportunity or, or to at least hear what I had to say about it if they if they chose to. Um, and and we did receive a response from TCG Player from uh, Chetty Hampson, who is the president of Ascension Gaming Network, which is the company that uh, that runs TCG Player. Uh, and, and this was his response. We acknowledge we made a mistake in our handling of MTG Cast and have let them know that we would like to host their show again. Concerning the front page of our site, you are correct in that it could use some renovation and better focus, and we are in the process of doing so. Feedback, even as public as Yo MTG Taps, is appreciated and gives us valuable information on what people want to see from a homepage. For the Boston 5K, the issue is that we were not doing 100% live coverage and thus could not collect all of the results in a timely fashion. We did plaster the top eight deck lists and results across the entire top of the site when we knew them, which was after your show recorded, and also ran extremely in-depth analysis of the results, which was well received. So uh, I, I, thanks, I, I, thanks to TCG Player, thanks to, uh, to Chetty Hampson specifically uh, for actually giving us a response. I appreciate 
that you know that we that they acknowledged uh, my criticisms. So um, so there's that, and I also wanted to make a correction from last week. I in that little rant, I um <laughs> I mentioned that Star City Games was a bigger site than TCG Player, but it was pointed out to me by um, uh, first by Michael Flores and then by a few other people that. TCG player technically actually has about double the amount of unique visitors per month that Star City Games has. Um, they do uh, have some pages for other games, so some of that probably can be attributed to the traffic they're getting from other games, but uh, TCG player actually is bigger. Just just look from looking at those numbers, they're... they're Bigger than I realized, or or they're a more popular site, I guess, than right. I than I even realized. Um, I know they originally were Brain Burst, and I think at the time they were they were really big. And I, it was my impression um, that Star City kind of overtook them at some point. Now, I mean, I don't know the history of of the sites. I'm just a guy who read content on on, on various pages, so I don't know the specifics. But as of right now. Uh, according to the Google Analytics I've seen, it looks like TCG Player gets a lot more hits. So my statement about Star City being a bigger site and thus uh, more worthy of coverage um, is is incorrect. So <laughs> sure. I, I just wanted to make sure I, I said that. So. Um, and one thing that's telling is that you know when I mentioned this stuff to Tim. Tim was like, yeah, well, you know, when I go on my lunch break, the first thing I do is go to tcgplayer.com. Oh, wow. I you know what I mean? That. He's like, that's the first site I check. Like, when I have my lunch break and I want to read some magic content, he's like, that's the first place I check. So That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize that. So, so you know, whoops. <laughs> yeah. I guess, you know, I, I'm, you know, I, I, I just had a, a different impression, that's all. So I was wrong. Um, so uh, next up, we wanted to, um, we're going to talk about Mike Flores. We were going to talk about the Philly Open uh, first, but we had an anonymous... Uh, a special request that we move the Michael Flores content earlier in the show. Yeah. So um, so just to appease that anonymous person, uh, who shall remain anonymous, we, we figured we'd, we'd start it off with it. But um, Flores looks like he's on a Grixis kick. Yeah. Um, after, you know, one week after making the best version of the best deck, which was uh, red, white, and blue... He's on the uh, he's on the Grixis bandwagon now, or, or not necessarily bandwagon when he's the one driving the bandwagon. Um, <laughs> right, right, right. But uh, you know he, he's um, he he just wrote up a, a blog post actually just today um, a video how to dismantle a mind sludge. He's got some games showing his uh, his Grixis list. It looks like a good list. I, I think you know the the main thing the the main point he's making is how uh, how strong. Mind Sludge and Cruel Ultimatum are, and and they may some people would say be the only reason to actually play counter spells in current standard. I disagree, but that's me being a uh, I'm, I'm I have a skewed opinion just because I love counter spells, so I can't I, I I'm not going to say I'm right. I'm just uh, they're, they're probably the two must counter spells. Absolutely, but and uh, I think that yeah they are they are the they might not be the only reason, in my opinion, but they are up there with the best reasons to run counter spells. Right. So, um, so yeah. So he he's going with the uh, cruel ultimatum strategy. Four cruel ultimatums. Some uh, you know divination and spreading seas, which of course 
is the best blue card in standard. Now, I, I have some things to say about that. Not necessarily disagreements, but just some points to make about that. But I'll get to that when we talk about the Philly Open. Okay. Um, because I played with Spreading Seas the other day. Um, but, you know, it's. Uh, I'll just read down the list. He's got four Gatekeeper of Malakir, two Malakir Blood Witch, two Divination, three Jace the Mind Sculptor, four Spreading Seas, four Blightning, two Counter Squall, four Cruel Ultimatum, four Sidraxis Spectre, one Terminate, and four Lightning Bolt, with a mana base that includes eight of the obvious Manlands, Creeping Tar Pit, uh, Lava Claw Reaches, and. Uh, it's a scary list. You know, like. Blightning, although I feel like it's lost some of its effectiveness, um, I don't really know why why I feel that way exactly, because there was a time when I would just get really frustrated when I was Blightninged, and now when people play Blightning, I'm almost like, sure. And I realized I felt this way the other day at the Philly Open. Maybe it was because the decks, when I was playing against decks playing Blightning, I knew that I was probably playing against a deck that I could mana screw with a Johnny or a Spreading Seas. But it's still, obviously, it's a good good card. Um, and, of course, Counter Squall, <laughs> which we talked about last week. Um, and Sidraxis Specter, which is one of those cards that I feel like it's stronger. It, do, it doesn't see as much play, I think, as it should, in a way. I mean, it's, it peaks its head up here and there, it seems right. like, in, in Grixis lists. <clears throat> but uh, it is a strong card. There, I think there's some Jun deck going around right now that's putting them in the sideboard against Spreading Seas lists. Yeah, exactly. It's, as somebody was saying that earlier, I know Sam Stoddard posted a link on Twitter to the list. It was it won uh, PTQ in California. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, Jun list with uh, Sidraxis Spectre have been around. It just seems like you'll see them and then you don't hear anything about them and then you see them again and you don't hear anything about them. Kind of like four-color Jund. I think Thomas Dodd mentioned uh, having played four-color Jund a few months ago with Sidraxis Spectre. But, um, I mean, it is a good card. I mean, it does... Uh, it does certainly... Four more Blightnings. <laughs> yeah, and and it, it's good against Spreading Seas. Um, speaking of good against Spreading Seas, Joe and I were just talking earlier and I was saying, you know what's good now is River Boa. Yeah, and River Boa alongside Spreading Seas seems pretty decent if you have, you know, some sort of idea of some, of a blue green deck um, that's not polymorph. <laughs> right. Um, you know, it could it could be something to consider. I mean, I I keep thinking I want to play blue green because I want to play with like Vengevine, but I want to play with blue cards. So <laughs> um, somehow I want to play with Vengevine and Renegade Doppelganger together. Yeah. Um, so. You know, when I was thinking about River Boa, I was like, oh, that works really well there, too, alongside Spreading Seas. So, uh, I don't know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work up some sort of list at some point. But um, back, to, uh, back to Flores really quick. I, I did want to mention, and it's not really magic-related, but he posted that episode of Doctor Who yeah. on, on his uh, blog, fivewithflores.com. Um, I just got a chance to watch it the other day, and, and like... It was awesome. Like it was so good. I never knew anything about Doctor Who, and uh, for those of you who have never seen Doctor Who, th- at least watch this episode. I haven't seen any of the other uh, episodes, and I said um, on Twitter that if other Doctor Who episodes are anything like Blink, which is the name of the episode Mike posted, um, then I'm I'm hooked. Like I'm in. 
but uh, several people have told me that's the best Doctor Who episode. So makes me a little bit apprehensive to continue to explore the series because uh, if that's the best episode, I'm just going to end up being disappointed. So if you haven't seen Doctor Who and you're curious at all, check out the uh, the episode Blink, which is available on 5withflores.com. And uh, also just YouTube, <laughs> that's where Mike got it from to post it up. But, you know, more hits to Mike's blog, I'm sure, is a good thing. Respect! Yeah, so... Um, I did not get to watch it. My internet went to the crapper, and I'm sad. <sighs> but uh, fortunately, I have a phone with internet access now, so yeah. I don't have to... Uh, oh, and it buzzes. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you're talking about me! <laughs> As if on cue. Okay, so Scotty Mac just texted me, and he says, Okay, main deck Luminarch is sick. Just got a fourth turn concession from Mythic. How do you? How does Luminarch good against Mythic? Okay, so here it is. Turn two, Luminarch. Turn three, cancel Dauntless Escort. Turn four, Johnny Vengeant, concede. Wow. Well, yeah, it's a scary uh, series of series of plays right there. I mean, the, the Luminarchus engine and the Ajani. That's very good. So, uh, we played an event on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, the Philadelphia Open Six, which was uh, up in Philadelphia. Naturally. <laughs> yeah. Joe and I both played versions of the Super Pals, Super Friends. I call mine Pee-Wee He-Man. Yeah. P.W. for Planeswalkers. And... He-Man, because it's kind of a take on Mike's Hulk. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, but, but we both played versions of uh, we both played versions of the the winning Planeswalker control deck from uh, last week's Star City uh, Atlanta Open, and um, we we had some changes. Did you want to talk about the things you did, or did you want to keep those? I, I kind of want to keep tech? some of the stuff under wraps. So, sh- so if you play it against me, you know, feel free to spoil it by by posting it out by putting it out there but like you know yeah i think if i can if i can shut my mouth about it okay then i won't mention some of the cards because i know we shared some of those but uh some of those funky things going on but actually for the most part mine were in the sideboard the only changes i made to the main deck after changing things and then changing things again you know in my head on, on paper not actually testing um but just kind of thinking a lot and and reading a lot about the deck, um, I ended up going with the exact list minus a path to exile plus a day of judgment and minus a plains and plus an extra island. So I mean plus an extra mountain because of spreading seas. I figured uh, you know the deck was only running one mountain at the time, um, which. You know, I guess now that everybody knows the deck only runs one mountain, that's a great target for spreading seas. Yeah. So uh, I was kind of afraid of that, although I kept thinking, like, you know, I don't want to end up in a situation where I have both mountains and can't play, you know, something that's double blue or double white. And so I guess thinking about that so much sort of, you know, law of attraction brought it right to my doorstep. <laughs> Because it happened to me in several matches where I was sitting there with two mountains and one white source. Not getting spreading seized or anything. Um, So I didn't do too well, but, you know, I I know that there's 
plenty of reasons for that. Um, I made mistakes with the deck. I can think of some of them. Some of them I'm sure I didn't even notice. Uh, it was my first time playing the deck. I, I tend to go, ooh, new deck. I'll play it in a tournament for the first time. I never don't even goldfish the damn thing. Right. Uh, I did goldfish that one a little bit. But, you know, it was like my first, officially my first game with it was against Tim. But we played about three or four turns and then they called pairings. So uh, we just scooped our cards up so we could actually play. I played round one um, against Jund, and I beat it in two games. I was like, cool, this is fantastic. The deck's so good against Jund. And it was disgusting when I'm like, turn two, spreading seas, your savage land. Turn three, spreading seas, your man land. Like, he was, he could have cast cancel, but nothing else. Right. <laughs> you know, like, right. he didn't a cancel or like, ever-flowing chalice. Is about the only Unkicked ruin blaster. But right. It's like, oh, pre-board? Uh, judge. <laughs> like... Yeah, so it, it was, uh, it, it didn't look, you know, it, it was a struggle. I ended up mind sculpting him both games. Um, but then, round two, I played against Mythic, and um, it was Sovereign Mythic. I had the mulligan to five, and that was one of the games where I ended up with uh, the double red and only one white source with a Day of Judgment in my hand that would have been perfect for me to play. Um, but, you know, I, I lost that, and then it, he, it just, I've hadn't played against Sovereign Mythic, and I just didn't have the answers for it. I didn't have a, uh, any practice sideboarding with it, so I can't really expect to do well when I have no practice whatsoever. So, um, Round three, I played a blue-white tap-out deck, which was very <clears throat> mirror-like, but uh, you know, it just seemed like... Uh, O-ring fight all over the place. It was like, I play an Elspeth, O-ring it. All right, I'll O-ring your O-ring. Okay, I'm going to O-ring your O-ring. It was, it was exactly what I said. Oh, I know what it was. It, I think I played an Elspeth, he O-ringed it. I played an Elspeth, he O-ringed it. I O-ringed his O-ring. It was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> um, so he ended up winning, and I think the key card in that matchup, at least uh, in that particular match, was Knight of the White Orchid, because he was able to, to stay on top of me with the mana advantage. That's hot. Um, yeah, exactly. And, uh, it seemed like he had the, uh, he had the counters when I didn't. So, um, round four was a devastating red list that I played, and I think he beat me in about 40 seconds game one, but then I won game two and three with basically a wall of omens and wall of denial. It's awesome how zero power walls can win you a game. (laughs) But, I mean, that's pretty much what happened. Although... He, this guy, when I got sat down at the table, he's like, I, I may have been playing a corpse he, for as much like movement as he was making. He just, just, he seemed like he was so tired. And he's like, "Hey man, sorry if I'm like, if I seem like a prick, but I'm just so tired. You know, we just had to wait like 50 minutes in between rounds because something happened to their printer, and uh, there was like they, they couldn't they couldn't print the next uh, the next." pairings, print up the next list of pairings, so there was a big chunk of time between rounds. And him, having played a red deck, had finished his last round in like 10 minutes or something, so he had been waiting forever, and he said he'd fallen asleep. So uh, he seemed a little out of it, but he he beat me game one really quick, but uh, I can't remember if it was game two or game three uh, that... I, I think it may have been game three, actually, but he 
had uh, he had like a couple guys on the board, like a goblin guide and a, and a bushwhacker, and uh, oh, that's what it was. No, he had a goblin guide, and I had a Gideon, and I had just just played it, I think, and just you know uh, said, "Hey, your guys attack Gideon," and he plays devastating summons for his you know for two five five you know sacrificing five lands, you know uses some of his floating mana, plays a bushwhacker, so he's got like the the devastating summons, you know, nut draw, except everybody's attacking Gideon, <laughs> and I have two chump blockers, so what ends up happening is Gideon ends up at one counter, and, you know, my, I lost, like, uh, the like two walls, or, or like a wall of, I think I had a wall of omens and a soldier token, because I had Elspeth on the board, too, and then I just went, Marshall coup? <laughs> so, you have no lands and no creatures... Uh, he didn't even scoop to it. I just went, all right, throw El- throw Gideon in the air, swing, and then he then he scooped after that. But I mean, it was like, wow, thanks for playing devastating summons. I think it's terrible to play against when somebody just activated Gideon like that. That's just not. I mean, I, unless you're that excited about taking out Gideon, but uh, like I said, uh, he the, didn't uh, take out Gideon. Right, he, one, he didn't take out Gideon, and two, like a lot of the decks playing Gideon are playing. Cards like Day of Judgment and Martial Coup. So when you go all in on your on creatures, and then somebody just does that. I mean, even if I didn't have Gideon, even if he swung all in at me and I survived, and then just played Day of Judgment, like which is not as good as a Martial Coup, he still would have had an empty board. He would have right. had no lands, no creatures. He didn't have much in his hand. I don't think at the time he might have had one or two cards, and uh, you know so. I'm still I'm fine with that with saying oh I didn't have if I don't have Gideon I don't have Elspeth and I have Day of Judgment instead of Martial Coup as long as I live through the devastating summons and Bushwhacker combo it's like uh, it it's pretty terrible for them so I think um, I mean the deck seems like it seems like more and more people are playing it and um, and I think Chapin still advocates the list not as necessarily as the top list or anything but he. He knows that it's strong, but I honestly, like, that was one of the more fun matchups for me. I was telling this to Joe earlier because I think it was one of those matchups where I was like, okay, at least if I stumble on mana, I'm just going to lose outright so I can just shuffle and play another game. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. unless it happened twice, obviously, but uh, I he beat me so fast game one, it was like I couldn't, I didn't have time to get frustrated with my draws. You know, I, it was turn four he beat me on game one. I, I knew that basically if I stumbled, I would just lose quickly. And if I didn't stumble, it, I, I would be okay. And that's pretty much what happened. Like, boarding in three wall of denial against that deck. Uh, so now I've got seven walls. It, it's pretty tough for them to get past that. So uh, so that was that was uh, round four. Round five, I ended up playing a polymorph deck. And... Um, I didn't really care for the guy that I was playing against. I mean, he seemed like a nice guy at first, but then I felt like he was acting kind of strange. And he had, like, I don't know, four or five friends around him, and they were started, like, all kind of crowding around, two of them sitting on either side of me. And I felt like, you know, that I should have probably said something. Like, uh, I called a judge and just said, hey, can I not have the, these people just kind of hovering around me? As far as... 
them being his friends. Like I felt like they could be looking at my hand and and just sitting sitting back so they were out of my peripheral vision, right? And then if he was, you know, look, I saw him looking up at his friend that was to my right. You know, his friend could have just been like saying like or negate, you know, telling him I had a negate in my hand, things like that. Like I just felt like uh, it was fishy, but I continued to play anyway, which might have been stupid, but. What, it ended up being a draw. What did the kid look like? Because the kid I was I played round two against Polymorph, and he plays an Awakening Zone, and I cancel it. And then he plays an Awakening Zone, and I cancel it. And then he sacrifices a token and taps two and plays a third Awakening Zone. I'm like, okay, well that one's good. Mm-hmm. Goes to my turn. I'm taking my turn. And I'm like, wait a minute, you sacrificed a plant token. Hmm. Call a judge, and we both get warnings. Right, so, and the awakening zone stays. Right. See, I don't understand why you can't back if it was that that close. You know, it was just his turn passed. Like that seems like enough to back up. It wasn't like, hey, four turns ago he play, played awakening zone. You know what I mean? Like that, I understand. You can't back up four turns, but I feel like you should be able to back up a half a turn. Right? I mean. He he drew his card. Or what was it? It was your... T- he passed the turn to you. Right? Right. So, I mean, I, I guess I can see, like, they can't trust what you drew. So you can't, like, necessarily put your card back and and have him go back and put the plant token back into play and Awakening Zone back in his hand and have let him do something else. I, I, I don't know. Seems Seems like there should be a better way to correct that other than, like... A warning, I don't know. But that, that's what the warnings are for. If people consistently do things like that, then they get game losses. Right. So I guess they can't consistently do that kind of thing. Um, but if, if he, you hadn't noticed, he wouldn't have gotten a warning. And it's almost like it's almost like you can feel free to do these things until somebody notices, and then you have a warning, and then just stop doing it. You know, I just I hate that. that yeah. Like people could just cheat that way. And uh, without really losing anything. And he didn't even lose anything in your match. You know, he got his Awakening Zone. His plant token, you know, gave him a mana for no reason other than you didn't notice. Right. Like, that's not how this game is supposed to go. Like, cheaty face, aha, I put it in play, you didn't notice. You know, like, uh, you didn't notice me drop this creature into play. It's It's there now. I didn't tap any mana for it. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah, he played that without playing mana. Well, sorry, we can't really back up. I don't know. Isn't it, you know, isn't that a... I felt like it, I felt like it was kind of screwy, but whatever. You know what I mean, mean like, isn't that the same thing? He, he played that without tapping enough mana for it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, okay, turn three, say, I'll play Ulamog. Right. I'll tap three mana, play Ulamog, pass the turn. Right. And then it's like, oh, wait, you don't have enough mana for that. Yeah, but you didn't notice. Exactly. So, I don't know. But it wasn't. It doesn't sound like it was the same person. Uh, the guy I played against, I never saw an Awakening Zone, and I saw him polymorph, so I think I would have seen the Awakening Zone at right, some point. Right, right. In fact, one of his polymorphs dug all the way to the bottom of his deck. His one creature was at the bottom, <laughs> which made me realize he's only got one creature in there. It was after sideboarding. Game one, I won through an Embercle. Like, he polymorphed into Ember Cool, and I went, okay, O-Ring, Ajani Ultimate, you know, like, eventually, I think I just was getting Ajani up to his Ultimate, and once it was that point, he said, I can't win this, and he scooped it up. Mm. Um, 
But game two, he switched Emrakul out for Iona, and I couldn't beat Iona's, which is uh, goes to help prove my point about how I think Iona is better than some of these Eldrazi, um, because she shuts you down. Like, he played Iona on white, and I'm like, my only out is Jace, or Ulamog. <laughs> right, know? right. Like, um, which, yeah, I, was, I, did, I had an Ulamog in my sideboard, which I sided in. So... You know, he. I'm just sitting there. I don't have very long. I have what three turns, or, or I, I chumped with the colonnade token at some point. But actually, turn game two, he polymorphed into Iona on turn three. I couldn't even activate a colonnade if I had one. I don't remember because it was irrelevant. Uh, he, I just he polymorphed on turn three after like um, growth spasm or something. Turn two, and I didn't have the negate for the polymorph at that point, so. Um, I, it was just like, okay, you win that one. So our games went by pretty fast, but somehow we still went to time because game three was very long. I must have had 12 or 13 lands in play. He could, I, I, my plan was just hold negate for polymorph. That was my entire plan because I saw his whole deck in game two when he polymorphed into Iona that he wasn't really running all that much that was scary. Like there was a Garrick and Jace the Mind Sculptor was in the deck, but I was like, I'm just going to negate his polymorphs. That was my plan. Uh, so I had a negate in my opener, and I kept it. And it, he played a polymorph. I negated it. He negated my my uh, my negate, and I didn't have the mana up. I think at the time to negate him again. I think I did have a second negate, but not the mana. So, uh, but anyway, it ended up being very long and drawn out. So the problem that I had in that game is. I drew, or in that game, the only spells I played were an Elspeth, a Wall of Omens, a Spreading Seas, a Divination, and a Negate. The Elspeth got negated. And other than that, all I drew were lands. It was like, this is terrible. I'm sitting here trying to play this game, and all I have are lands. And, uh, and I started bashing with Colonnades, which was helping me a little bit. Then he got Iona into play, which I couldn't, um, you know, I, I had used up my negate already, and Iona comes down naming white, and I go top deck, path to exile, awesome. Top deck, path to exile, great. Top deck, day of judgment. This is fantastic. Now I'm drawing my spells, the ones I can't play. This is great. I never saw Jace, never saw, you know, anything. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is so frustrating. Do you think Into the Royal might be good now against Iona? You know I've been I mean? thinking like, about Into the Royal for a lot of things. For Planeswalkers, you know, like, oh, you're a Johnny's on six. Or, se you know, like, Joe and I just played a game a little while ago. Um, a Johnny was on six, and I was like, wow, I wish I had bounce right now. I mean, I ended up attacking into it, but it was... Uh, I, I was just thinking during that game, like, man, I really want to play bounce. I really wonder about Aether Trade Winds with O-Ring. I love that... I love being able to return my own O-Ring... And use it again on something else. Like, you can do tricks with it if you have enough mana. You can do the play O-Ring, target something, play Aether Tradewinds in response, return the O-Ring. Now you've removed something permanently. You get the O-Ring to use again, and you've bounced one of their... Um, you've bounced one of their permanents. So that's a neat trick. I'm not necessarily saying that's the only reason to, to play it. Special guest. Oh, we have a uh, Scotty Mizak. We have a caller. Caller, go. 
Oh, we love first time callers. Go ahead. What was your question, caller? Basic swamps. Well, they 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 um best card in Rise of the Eldrazi. <laughs> I got a foil one in one of my packs. <laughs> I'm putting it in a safety deposit box. Not sure. Um, basic swamps in a Grixis list could, could certainly make an appearance. They're not going to be in the blue, white, red Planeswalker control deck. That's true. It, it yeah. would be, yeah. yeah they, um, I, I, mean, I was thinking how good it would be to um, splash black for contaminated ground. <laughs> it's like, oh, my thing's an island? Well, now it's a swamp. Now what am I going to do? <laughs> Shaking it all up. But, Backbreaking in the mirror. <laughs> Backbreaking for me. Yeah. Now I can't cast any of my spells. <laughs> and when you tap it, you lose two life. Yeah. With with what? Scepter of Dominance. Oh, yeah, there you go. (laughs) That's fun. Yeah, you should just make your your deck black-white control. Black-white scepter. Like Liliana and... uh, Go with the brilliant ultimatum. Liliana or like Esper control and and play Contaminated Ground with Scepter of Dominance. Yeah, well, listen, if uh, if Super Friends is the red-blue-white deck, then the Esper build has got to be the Legion of Doom, right? Yeah, there you go. There you go. Or, uh, who else? I don't know. Nasty Boys. No, I'm just kidding. I'm thinking yeah. wrestling. Yeah. Well, I was just following to see if you guys were, uh, done yet, but clearly you're not. So, uh, I'll leave it to it. Cool. Right. Well, well, thanks for calling. You got it, guys. Have a good old Dr. Alright, take it easy, <laughs> man. <Later. laughs> so, uh, that, that was Scotty Mac, if you didn't know. Returning guest. Um, but what I was saying about the, uh, about bounce, um, not only can you do that kind of combat trick with the O-rings, but, you know, there's plenty of situations where you O-ring somebody's planeswalker and they just play a second one. And now you go, okay, Aether Tradewinds bounce my O-ring and one of your other permanents, your planeswalkers cancel each other out and die, and I have my O-ring back to use against the next planeswalker you play. So you end up getting uh, all kinds of advantages there. Um, I just don't know how good it is because it's such it's not a very permanent solution. And I think a lot of the threats right now require permanent solutions. You know, bouncing an Ajani just gives you more time to come up with an answer, like the example I gave you earlier, which could be fine. That's what I'm saying. So Into the Royal might be better just for its versatility, being able to play it for two mana or four and get a card off of it, mm-hmm. um, it might be better. But, I, you know, I, I keep thinking about those, you know, just the bounce options. And then there's Regress, which is just, right. it's you know, it's Boomerang for a, for a blue and two. But you can bounce lands. Just having that option also, just to set somebody else back, they play their man land and you can bounce it, and that's, that sets them back quite a ways. Especially if they've activated their man land and you Regress it. Like, that's a pretty big uh, tempo swing right there. You know, they just spent all their mana activating the man land. Now not only does it not get through, but now they got to replay it tapped. Right. So, 
just some ideas, but bounce does seem like it could be strong. Now, um, one of the things I, I said a little while ago about um, about spreading seas. Now, I'm not debating that it's good, uh, but my problem that I was having with it, I was telling Joe and Tim at the Philly Open that both spreading seas and Ajani, I felt like uh, they're cards that I don't know how much of an effect they're having. I don't know when when I play a spreading seas on somebody's land, and they say okay, and then they go and they cast a spell that on their turn, I'm like, was that what they were going to do anyway? You know, did I even stop them at all? Like I can't tell because I can't see what's in their hand. And I don't know how much I'm screwing them. Um, it, it's like it can have a devastating effect, but it doesn't feel very powerful when you know I. Uh, I spreading seize your second white source and you just drop a planes and tap out for Gideon and I'm like, great, that seemed like it did absolutely nothing to me. <laughs> you know, I just drew a card. Did it have an effect? Were you going to play something else? Were you going to play uh, Elspeth and keep a mana up for, for Path for some reason? You know, for whatever reason. Uh, you know, did you actually need that, that extra white source? Or or, or just any, any kind of situation where you play the spreading seas and they just play a spell on their turn that still seems like a good good play, you think, was this what they were going to do anyway? Did I even make any kind of... Did I even affect their plan? And it's hard to tell. And, and the same with Ajani, where I'm going, okay, keep that tapped. And they're like, okay, play a land, tap out, and, and play something good. And I'm, I feel like, did I, did I change anything? So I think the card's good, and, but I think its strength is only clear to the people it's being played against and not always to the person who's playing it. So uh, it's just something I was thinking about. Uh, round six, I had to play against Lloyd, who was playing Chapin's Blue-White Control, which I, at that point, was wishing I had played <laughs> because it, it's I'm more familiar with the list and I felt like it wouldn't have screwed me as much with, uh, with mana because, not just because of the mana base being different, because, to be honest... The mana base wasn't all that far off. Instead of two mountains, I probably would have had two tectonic edges, which, again, are, they're not white sources either. So it's not like they would have helped me have my second white source. However, the that incarnation of the list had you know four spreading seas and mine spring, which, all of which are things that would help me draw into more... Uh, uh, draw into my, my mana... Um, so and and I'm playing spreading seas. Did I say spreading seas? I think I said spreading seas instead of sea beyond. Um, that incarnation of the list was running four sea beyonds, which would have helped me fix my mana as well. So uh, I, I just like having decks that can manipulate their libraries a little better. But um, so uh, so Lloyd and I played, and we ended up drawing. Um, you know, he took game one. Game two, I got all my planeswalkers out, and he can or he, he scooped so we can go to game three, so we had enough time to play a third game. And we it turns out we didn't really like both of us. We were kind of battling back and forth, but it was in turns. It kind of seemed like it, here here it comes, and we're making a game of it. Uh oh, oh, it's turn five. Neither of us can win, you know. But if we had a couple more turns, one of us would have won because things were happening. Right. But it, it kind of sucked. But. Um, so, so I ended up, I just conceded to him because I think he had like a one draw where I had a loss or something. Like maybe he had 
I think he had two draws already. I don't know. I think he had a better record than me. I can't remember the specifics. I just was a little bit frustrated at that point. I I didn't think I was going to finish in any sort of prizes at that point either, and he had a better chance of it, so I just conceded to him. Um, But, uh... So, th- so that was my experience, but Joe had quite a different experience. Yeah. So, so uh, you can go ahead and uh, talk about it. Okay, so um, I was playing the, the Planeswalker list um, with a few changes um, to the main, a few changes to the board. Um, I, I kind of want to keep some of it quiet. Um, you mentioned, I think you mentioned some things, but maybe not some of the one... Well, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going, um, like... With the combination between like Flores's sideboard mm-hmm. for like uh, for the for the the Raka the Raka XXX yeah yeah the 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 Vin Diesel list um, <laughs> triple X, X. Um, no it's supposed to be triple X because it's got three X spells right right Marshall Coom Mind Spring and Everflowing Chalice right but uh, you. Don't run Mindspring. I don't run Mindspring. I was running Mysteries of the Deep, actually. Yeah. Um, so how was that? Mysteries of the Deep was okay. Um, it just didn't set, seem to come up that much anymore, or, or that much during the day. Mm-hmm. Duh. Yeah, so basically here's what happened. Round one, I played against Blue-White Control, and I won two games to nothing um, because I have the... Stalemate breaker in the main, um, and then the sideboard has a second stalemate breaker, um, and with their powers combined, I got a concession you, game. You too. broke the stalemate. Yeah. I broke the damn stalemate. Um, round two, I played against Polymorph, and um, I mentioned already briefly about the uh, sacrificing the plant token for mana. Right. Um, I lost that match. I'm sure. I'm sure that there were some things in game two I could have done better. Um, like had meddling mage in my sideboard, but anyway. Um, now uh, Laskin's list did have meddling mage. Did Starks? I don't know, but I but no, you it, didn't anyway. <laughs> it, I didn't. Um, but now I do. Um, meddling mage works against a lot of things right now. Uh, I think meddling mage is a really good sideboard card. Um, so I lost that one to or O two, and then round three. I played against a version of Super Friends, uh, only he wasn't running Gideon, which I believe to be a mistake, but he was saying, you know, he even had Gideons, he just didn't want to run them. Hmm. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I believe that's a mistake as well. well. We'll have to talk about Gideon. Yeah, in, in I won 2-0 in that match. Um, and then round four, I played against Jund, and the match literally lasted five minutes. Um, triple Spreading Seas, game one. With a Johnny Vengeance seems good. Double spreading seas plus a Johnny plus Scepter of Dominance seems really good. Game two, um, so that that match literally lasted five minutes. Um, please, if you're coming to Grand Prix DC, play Jund. I second that. Play it, everybody. Jund is the way to go. Bloodbraid Bl- Elf for president. Play. <laughs> Play the deck. Please play it, because I need time to smoke between rounds. So, anyway. Yeah, play Devastating Red, too. Yeah. Um, Round five, I played against... um, What did I play against round five? Time Sieve? 
I knew you had a time sieve. That's right. My dreaded matchup. I played against time sieve and somehow pulled it out two games to one. Unbelievable. Um, I think the key in that match is to focus on their border posts. Um, try to keep them off of color. Um, like if you think they're going to try to time warp, try to keep them off of double blue. Spreading Seas doesn't really help that. Spread, <laughs> spreading Seas comes out um, comes out game after game one. Because border posts just make it useless. Um, yeah. And plus it helps them fix. Like They seem to run a lot more plains and swamps than they do islands. Because their border posts all produce blue. Right. So, so it seems like if you can take them off of uh, white, off of double white for open the vaults, or off of double blue for time warp, you, you should be pretty solid. So um, would you take them off of that with when you're not playing spreading seas? Um, you can O-ring the border posts. Um, you can keep the lands tapped down with a Johnny. Um, and Scepter. Scepter uh, works post-board. Um, meddling Mage is really good in that matchup too, but I did not have it at the time. Right. What would you name? Um, Border Post. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I guess it depends. Maybe how uh, early you got it. Uh, maybe Tide Hollow Scholar. If they're yeah. if they're he didn't seem to have them in his board, but uh, yeah. I think that's a mistake. Um, probably would name Border Posts or Time Sieve or Open the Vaults or Time Warp. What kind of removal do they run? I don't. I didn't see that much removal. I don't know, yeah. honestly. So like, I'm not sure. That's a good question. I yeah. don't remember what I ran when I was playing that deck. Yeah, and, and if you can find a way to uh, sneak Shatterstorm in, you know, <laughs> go for it. If they, if they don't notice and, you know, pass the turn, then they're just not going to have any artifacts, according to uh, your your past situation, you know, using that as a, as a guide. I know, right? Like, yeah, it is, uh, it is not in standard, but you didn't notice. So... <laughs> so in round six... I was five or I was four one going into round six. Um, I played against a guy playing a, a, a version of uh, you know another super friends list, and I recognize him from like Lord knows where, like just from you know playing Magic for all these years. I definitely recognize his face. Um, I don't know who the hell he is, but regardless, uh, he probably doesn't know who I am either because he just basically wiped the floor with me in two games. Um, which is fine. Um, so that was kind of a little bit brutal. Um, basically kept me off of my colors uh, that I needed at the time. and um, Plus I made a couple really stupid plays. Um, Mulligan to five game one doesn't help, but they're still better. I could have made way better plays than I right. did. Um so, so it was 4-2 going into round 7, so I didn't have a chance at top 8, but I had a chance at top 16, which was good for 9 packs. So, played against Jund, whooped it up 2-0. Yeah. <laughs> you were watching that game. Oh, yeah, that's right. I came over and you had like, um, I, you definitely, you might have just played a Gideon, and I think you had Jace on the field. And I think, did he kill your Gideon, like, just by attacking, and you just played another one or something? I can't even I remember. I think so. And then you, were like, had Scepter of Dominance, and it was just, like, tap that, kill it, tap that, kill it. It was, you know, like, he had, you had, at one point, and that, this is something I, I just, it, it should be obvious, but Joe just had Scalding Tarn in his hand, and the guy duresses him. He's like, oh, it's just Scalding Tarn. And I, like, look away for a second, I don't know, and I look back, 
I feel like it was ten seconds later, and Joe's got five cards in his hand, and I'm like, what the hell did he do? Well, he drew his card for the turn, and he brainstormed with Jace. It's like, oh my god, that's ridiculous. I mean, I know you have to put two back, but it just seemed like he went from having such a useless, you know, just one land in his hand to having his choice of the top five cards of his library. Like, that, uh, it's just, god, Jace is so good. Mm-hmm. And, uh... And you you had one play where, what did you, he played Broodmate Dragon? And you were, <laughs> what did you do? Okay, let me, let me say yeah. so. So he plays Broodmate Dragon, like the biggest threat in the deck. And I'm like, okay. So on my turn, I go tap down the Broodmate Dragon, kill it with Gideon, bounce your token. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that did absolutely nothing for you. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Got anything else? Like uh, that guy was cool though. He seemed, he seemed no, he was definitely really nice. Um, but yeah, this deck beats the crap out of Jund. So yeah, I think when I came over and saw like you had basically you just had like Gideon and Jason. Like he's got this one. Mm-hmm. He's got this game. Like I was like kind of like, what does a Jund player? What can they draw that was is going to help? Like I'm kind of just like watching and just waiting to see what he could do, and it was just like, oh, Broodmate Dragon, that seems good. Oh, never mind. <laughs> you know? It's not really that great when there's... You spend no cards at all to deal with his... his, uh... Card eight, eight power worth of dragons. Yeah. All right, so, um... Um, so, yeah, I mean, so I wound up going 5-2. I finished in 13th place out of 90, which is, you know, easily my best finish in, like, a competitive REL event, you know? So that mm-hmm. was cool, and, you know... Good trial run for the Grand Prix. Hey, top 16, that's good for an invite, right? So, right. Uh, you know, just got to... Except it, it, this was top 16 after seven rounds, and I have a feeling the Grand Prix is not going to be seven rounds. <laughs> I have a feeling of that, too, but, you know... No, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Still a good trial. Oh, you know? yeah. Good yeah. trial run. Um, I love the deck. Uh, I'm going to be playing some version of it come Grand Prix time. Right. Um I like this configuration I've got going on right now. There's still a couple things I think I want to change about it, though. Um, now, the deck seems like seems strong, and it seems pretty popular, uh, which kind of leads me to what, something I was thinking about, and I mentioned it again to you earlier. It's pretty clear that the best Planeswalkers are, are Jace and Elspeth and, and Gideon and Ajani. I mean, it seems that way to me. Jace, the Mind Sculptor, obviously. So... With so many people wanting to play these decks, Blue White Control plays plays three of those four if they'd like. I mean, at least two of them in most cases, uh, Jason Gideon, but in, and in some cases also Elspeth. You've got the same suite plus Ajani. Um, this that deck is becoming popular. I felt like in so many of my matchups, I was just staring across at the same Planeswalkers I was playing, and it became like. It was almost not fun because, for one thing, to me, the mirror match isn't fun anyway. But when the mirror match... It, it, this isn't like two Bloodbraid Elves fighting both on the on the battlefield, you know. This is like, oh, you have a Jace, I'll play Jace, and they just die, you know. And then I'll play Elspeth, oh, you play Elspeth, they just die. Like, it, it just seems like, because of their, of their... Well, not legendary, but, you know, because of the legend rule, the Planeswalker rule, because they destroy each other, when you're playing so many mirror matches, it just seems so... It's like you don't even have the chance to use the cards. 
you know, that you can't even say, well, I'm going to make my broodmate dragon better than your broodmate dragon because I'm going to do these other things that's going to let me, let my broodmate dragon, you know, do things that yours can't. For some reason, you know, like I played more threats, now you need to block and sack one, things like that. But when it's just like, your Jace is not better than my Jace because they just cancel out. I mean, except the first person to play it gets at least one activation off of it. So that's the only advantage you get. But um, it seemed really frustrating to me, and I wonder, this this is a problem that I don't think I've had before because the other the other formats that are legend-heavy, um, it usually was something like one or two cards that were... Similar, but you've got... I mean, there was Umazawa's uh, Jite. Jit. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Jitty. Uh, all these different pronunciations of it. Um, that that was very popular. But people were running that just to destroy other copies. It was almost like that was kind of what they were running it for. Um, but in this situation, you've got several decks wanting to play several of the same cards. You know, blue-white tap-out. Playing, playing those Planeswalkers. Blue-White Control, playing those Planeswalkers. Blue-White-Red Planeswalker Control, playing the same Planeswalkers, you know, plus Ajani. Like, it seems like everybody's playing all these things that are just going to cancel each other out, and it seems, uh, to me, it seems not fun. It takes away the fun where when I'm playing against the same guys that I have, and I can't even use mine at, at all except just to blank yours, you know, just to cancel them out. Just to, It's... Again, it's one thing to play a mirror match, which already I think a lot of people dread. I can't stand it because I like... the Part of the fun of this game is I built a deck and you built a deck. Let's play and and see, you know, see how these cards all interact. But it's not fun when <laughs> they're all the same card. You know, we're playing all the same cards. It just, to me, that's not fun. But this is even worse. This takes it a step beyond where you can't even play the cards to, to actually have any kind of effect. Right. You know, and I just wonder if we're going to see if this is going to become a problem, like something that that hasn't happened before in Magic, where so many people are playing so many of the same legends or planeswalkers that it becomes that it sucks some of the fun out of the game. Um, that was certainly my experience the other day. Uh, round one, I played Jund, no problems there. Round two, I played Sovereign Mythic. I saw a Jace and a Gideon. You know, he played them against me. Um, I yeah, I may have also seen an Elspeth. I kind of can't remember. But, like, the, hey, that's my strategy. You have Sovereigns of Alara and Mythic Conscription. I don't have those, okay? You get that that <laughs> stuff. You have your Baneslayers. I don't have those. I have Planeswalkers. So stop playing my strategy. You play yours, I'll play mine, and then we fight. That's it. Stop using the same cards as me. <laughs> you know, I can't stand it. Like, hey, my strategy is the Planeswalkers. <laughs> um, so you know that was that. Then thir- round three, blue white tap out. Of course, Jason, Elspeth, and Gideon. I'm like, mm. he's got to play the planeswalkers. Nobody plays like a Johnny Goldmane. Right, exactly. That's what I'm gonna do. I'll make a new super friends list called the Justice League, and uh, <laughs> I'm playing playing uh, Sark and Vol and um, and Liliana. Yeah, I'm just gonna make a <laughs> city city of lost children, right? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Who, what are the? Uh, I know there's a superhero team of uh, like uh, misfits. And, yeah, like, like basically like speedball. Like, it's it's like <laughs> call the deck Aquaman. <laughs> hey, Aquaman's kind of cool. I can breathe underwater and talk to fish. <laughs> <laughs> but he's still uh, 
reasonably threatening. I'm thinking of, um... Oh, I can swim for a really long time underwater, hold my breath. It's not the New Mutants, but it's one of those teams like that. Like, I can't remember the name of the team. It's got, like, uh... At the beginning of Civil War, Marvel Civil War, mm-hmm. I think they were the team that was, uh... That was like they were filming a, like a reality show in the comic. Like that's what they were because they w- weren't given much credit. That's the Planeswalker build that I'm. I'm gonna figure out what team that is. Oh my god! <laughs> and then I'm gonna build a Planeswalker deck and call it that. You know, so uh, it's like I, I don't know. I just kind of wonder if we're going to see. I, I'm just kind of seeing inklings of it now, just from my experience. Like you, at least, seem to have played against a different, more different lists. Like, somewhat, anyway. Like, Time Civ, you played against John twice? Yeah. Um, Polymorph. Polymorph had Jace, but that was it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in, in my experience. Um, he also had Garrick, but I'm not playing Garrick, so that's fine with me. No Garrick in my It wasn't deck. fine with me. It's how he beat me game two, oh, but yeah. anyway. <laughs> he could have won. I think my opponent had the win, but didn't realize it. He didn't do the math for the over overrun on his turn. Or his turn, his final turn of time, and he realized it like too late. So anyway, um, but uh, so you had a different field that you played against, so you might not have seen it as much as I did. But it seemed to me like that was part of what was making it not fun as well, because not only am I feeling like my deck hates me or something because I am having games where the, the game I had with drawing like all my lands and one planeswalker in a deck that has 12 planeswalkers um the one planeswalker of course got countered um but anyway uh not only did I feel like I was having mana issues but I felt like even when I played my planeswalkers they were just getting canceled out so I I had lands and and occasionally had a can- a planeswalker that got canceled out before I could do anything um with it you know it's not like I could ramp up to its ultimate or something like that. So it, it felt, it just, it didn't, it didn't feel good. That's all. It felt unfun to me. So, um, and with these, the strength of these planeswalkers, it doesn't seem like it's something that's going to change. Um, people have been saying for a while how planeswalkers are like the strongest cards in the games, uh, the strongest cards in the game, and that uh, most players just don't realize how strong the planeswalkers are. I've definitely read that for months now, like in various little places, but not until now do we actually see a list that has this many planeswalkers that essentially is just built around the planeswalkers. Um, so I wonder what's going to happen, and I wonder, uh, you know, if M11, how much that's going to change things either. Now, I'm not necessarily, uh, compl- I'm not trying to complain about, about this, I'm just trying to say, hey, I, I wonder about this. I wonder if I'm getting an inkling of something that might be bad right now. So, and I could be wrong. Um, but speaking of powerful planeswalkers, I wanted to talk about Gideon. Um, now, I, he was my favorite card in the set, and he he seems better than I even thought he would be. And it sounds to me like I'm not the only one who feels this way. Um, just after talking to people at the Philly Open, it seemed like Gideon was just so strong for so many people. What did you, like, do you, how did you feel? You, you were playing with Gideon, did you play? Gideon's great. Um, he seems better than Elspeth to me. 
I agree. I, of course, you know, I'm always uh, wanting to put them together. Like, I was talking oh, to well, Scotty yeah. Mac on the phone last night, and he's like, and I was talking about that land destruction list I was thinking about, and he's like, why don't you run a Goblin Ruin Blaster? I was like, oh yeah, Goblin Ruin Blaster. And the first thing because my head was like, man, I want to throw that guy in the air. What else, Beth? <laughs> first thing that popped in my head, I was like, Goblin Ruin Blaster. Throw it in the air. 5-4 flyer. Like, you should just play Soaring Sea Cliff with Giant Growth. <laughs> that's, yeah, you're right. Because that would only... Then you be, don't need to play Elspeth. That's a good call. There you go. And you could play Deprives to return the Soaring Sea Cliffs and replay them. Yeah. And uh, all kinds of giant growth variants. That just sounds like a solid deck. Right now I'm going through my deck trying to figure out where Convincing Mirage would fit in. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, I don't want to just run four spreading seeds. I want more. Yeah. Well, that, that, you're talking about spread them now, right? Pretty much. I mean, why don't you go look at some spread them lists and see if you can modify, you can marry it's like, spread them with, with Super Friends with Raka Triple X. It's like turn one Pithing Needle naming Jace. Turn two, Spreading Seas. Turn three, Convincing Mirage. Turn four, Spreading Seas. Turn five, Convincing Mirage. Well, you drew double of both of you as well. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, yeah, of course. Sounds uh, sounds good. But, uh, yeah, you should take a look at a Spreadum list or something if you are interested in that. Or um, if you like the Mana Denial so much, how about uh, Billy Moreno's list that he uh, that he was uh, he wrote up about on his blog. You should check those out. Yeah. I mean, I know you've probably seen seen it before, but take a look at those to get ideas. Maybe you can make a whole new version of Super Friends. Sunday, I played in uh, at at the, like one of the local shops, and I uh, I ran two Scepter Dominance main deck. Yeah, and um, they were really good. Like I don't know, like I, I, I'm I don't, I don't I don't know. Like I, I, I was good to the point where I wanted to add a third and like toy with like going more in that direction and like add a fourth of Johnny Vengeance and then like start going a little nuts with it but then I went a little it's too nuts so heavy with white that's the thing like yeah. uh, especially in a list where you're running three colors I mean officially you're running three colors so anyway um, even uh, about Gideon though uh, even Patrick Chapin was saying in his article today that he thinks it's better, or it's better than he thought. He thinks it might even be the best card in the set. Like, he knew it was good, he said, but it seems like now he thinks it might even be the best card in the set, which is interesting. We don't have a whole lot more. We, we saw Mike Noble up at the uh, yeah. up, at, up at the Philly Open, so... Cy- Cyberot, or something yeah. like that, on, on Twitter. Yeah, we... Uh, Isn't that how you say it? I don't know how you say it. Cyberat, Cyberot. Sounds, uh, sounds close. <laughs> Something right. like that. But yeah, we ran into him. He was judging. So, shout out. Not too harshly, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to mention, which we haven't mentioned, but a lot of you may be aware of it already anyway, is the uh, the pack to power over on Mana Nation being, uh, being done by John Medina. See, uh, it's pretty, pretty interesting. He's basically he took a, a pack of Rise of the Eldrazi and he's going to try to trade up all the way up to something in the power nine. Although recently he uh, he took Time Twister out of the out of the running because that one's the easiest one to get, and so he wanted to um, wanted to make it a little more challenging for himself, which is pretty admirable. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, you know he's he's had a couple uh, couple weeks worth of trades, which you can take a look at on Mananation.com and just look for Pack to Power. 
um, I will probably put a link in the show notes. All right, so I guess, yeah, I guess that's about it for this week. Um, keep trying to find ways to beat the mirror match. Um, <laughs> but hey, at least it's not the Jund mirror. Yeah, there you go. Love it. I love it. If you're coming to Grand Prix DC, pack some Jund because I want to beat you. I want to watch, watch you get paired against Jund constantly and just keep losing. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to hex you or you know, jinx you. No, I do it all the time. Like I'm like I I, I show up to F and M. I'm like anyone running Jund this week because I wanted to test my deck against Jund. Uh-huh. Like anybody running Jund, dudes. Like I'm running Jund. I was like yes, and then I do the pairings and I'm like, of course I'm playing Jund. Right. <laughs> like round one, like right into it. So you know, yeah, be careful what you wish for sometimes. Yeah, seriously. Um, but. I do, I mean, in all seriousness, all, like, braggadocia aside, um, I, I do feel like this deck has a really great matchup against Jund. And, um, I think so, too, yeah. I mean, I, it was the first match I played, and I had no trouble whatsoever. Both, both Jund matches I played, I, I just never was scared. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there, there are times when you're playing a match, like, playing a, on Sunday I played against Devastating Writing. I lost game one, game two, I'm at one life. Yeah, I was scared. <laughs> All right, 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 and that's how I felt in uh, in the at the Philly Open playing Devastating Red. Like he, I wasn't at one life, but I was getting pretty low, and he seemed like he had some sort of plan. I was scared yeah. until I wrathed. He had two lands, and then I fate seal and see mana barbs. <laughs> then I wasn't so scared anymore. I was like, "You can have mana barbs. You've got two lands. Of course, you can have mana barbs. Oh, you yeah, got no you cards go. in hand. So you know, but that, that but that was scary." I can I can safely say that in the four games I played against Jund, and even in my testing against Jund with the list, there was never one game where I was like, "Ooh, this is scary. I better like be on my toes." You know what I mean? Like, right? And maybe it's because of some of the changes I made to the deck, or I don't know how the deck performs against Jund as a whole. You know, or, or like th- like throughout all the different lists, you right. know, that are out there. But I feel like this configuration of the deck just whoops on Jund. So, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I mean, in all seriousness, I don't know if Jund's gonna be the deck to play at the Grand Prix. You know? Yeah. Like, I think that, like, it's one of those adapt or die kind of moments in and, Magic. And they may adapt, though. That's the thing. They Jund, may adapt. Jund seems to do that. Because, oh, yeah, no, it adapts very well. Yeah. But they must. Exactly. Well, know? and I think they've been in that predicament before. Thought Hemorrhage is a really important card right now for Jund. You think um, so? Yeah. Yeah, especially with, like, Polymorph. Well, yeah. I mean, Jund's, <laughs> one, of the, Jund's one of the decks that can just wipe it out. You right. Know? Like, like, it's like... Uh, Polymorph. <laughs> yeah. That's name, uh, I don't know... Uh, Awakening Zone? Psych. <laughs> psych. I said Psych first. I said Psych. <laughs> Took it back. So, uh... You just reminded me in in the match against Jund, I had uh, I had Jace, and it was my final fate seal that I needed to do to put him above, put him at thirteen counters, so that I could mind sculpt the next turn. And it was a Bloodbraid Elf on top. I fate sealed, you know, my opponent and a Bloodbraid Elf, and I'm like, he could cascade right into a, a Maelstrom Pulse right now, which would suck. So I put him on the bottom, and uh, I think he had no cards in hand. And he draws a card and plays Bloodbraid Elf. I was like, oh, no! And he cascades into Duress. I'm like, oh, thank you, Duress. <laughs> thank you. Like, Go ahead. I don't know. What do you want? <laughs> you want something out of my hand? Gideon or something? Like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to mind sculpt you now. Uh, so, yeah. 
it can be scary because I wouldn't say I was scared at that point because I felt like I had reasonable control, but I had to win the next turn. Well, at least the mind sculpt, which is almost 99% of the win, pretty much. Um, but I was afraid of a Maelstrom Pulse. Um, I didn't have a counterspell for it. If he would have had a Maelstrom Pulse, I would have had to start all over, you know, and, and try to take control over again or, or try to try to come back from or c- come back and get into position to win again. So right. he, he would have gotten back into the game. So it can be scary, I guess, in points like that when you feel like you, oh, have, yeah. you know something like that. But uh, but no, it, it just it feels. I would rather play Jund all day than play. Uh, opposing Jaces and Elspeths and Gideons, uh, you know, all day. Like, that was what was more frustrating to me. So my favorite matches, uh, and yes, I won both of them, so maybe that has something to do with it, but my the ones I felt like I had the most fun playing were against Jund and against Devastating Red. Anyway, so uh, I guess that's all. Um, you guys, if you want to contact us, you can email us at yomtgtaps at gmail.com. We're on Twitter as yomtgtaps. I am on Twitter as Affinity for Blue. Our website is iwantmymtg.com. We've got our past episodes, blog posts, uh, magic singles are now available, um, packaged with care by Big Head Joe. <laughs> That's me. Uh, he's got the, the Care Bear stare, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Packaged with love. Um. I'll shoot a hole through, <laughs> shaped like a heart yeah. through your package. All the cards come with heart-shaped holes in the center. Yeah, that's, that's how you know they're special. Yeah, exactly. And not legal for tournament play. <laughs> so uh, you can call and leave us a voicemail at 331-MTG-TAPS. And uh, if you'd like some stickers, just send us an email and give us your mailing address. We'll send them out, unless they're international, in which case Joe will slack off for several weeks and then send them out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to everyone who's sent requests from overseas and, uh, and, and, and also domestically, Chris Otwell. <laughs> oh, wow, you haven't sent that yet. I haven't. I got, I got the envelope the other day, like because like like, I, I grabbed one of the envelopes from the store to put mm. the CD in. Oh, right. Because Chris Otwell requested something else as well. Yeah, he wants my a copy of my old CD that I made a couple years ago. Um, you know, uh, I'm working on it. <laughs> I've, I've been slow. I'm sorry. I'll get I'll get around to it maybe this week, but I don't want to say it and not do it. So right on. But we'll try Friday. It just depends on like how the weather's looking. But anyway. <laughs> It just um, seems funny that it depends on how the weather is looking because you got to walk up to the post office, you know, right? Like, right, and that's that's why that makes a lot uh, more sense to people when they think of that. Like, why well, does it matter what the weather is? Because that's my excuse for being lazy. Leave me alone. Right on. So, uh, so yeah, Joe handles the international stuff, and I handle the domestic ones. So, uh, if you haven't got your sticker yet and you don't live in the United States, blame me. <laughs> so. Uh, we will have T-shirts available. Uh, we will. We will have them at the Grand Prix, um, although I don't believe we're able to sell them on site. Uh, but if you see us, we'll be able to get one to you off site. Yeah. So probably at the Wingate. Yeah. Because that's where the party is. Oh yes. Let's give a special shout out to Gino's, home of the original Philly cheese steak. Yeah, we we had paid a little visit. We went to we went to uh, we went to Gino's and we got a little crap for it online. 
Uh, I think Adam Staborski was like, why don't you go to Pat? Right across the street from you was the real Philly cheese steak. And I love the debate. I love that whole Pat's versus Gino's debate. I think it's awesome, and it was fun to be a part of it. To me, when I show up there, now this was my first time, but I predict at this point, I've only had Gino's, I haven't had Pat's yet, but if Pat's is anywhere near as good as Gino's, or better, which some people may say, um, my preference will be the one with the shorter line. So, <laughs> seems like a fair way to decide, you know. Um, I, just realized, I just am impatient, so I just want to get the shorter line. They're both good, so. Uh, I just realized for the first time that the meddling mage from Alara Reborn is African American. Really? Wow. Uh, I told you, I don't ever look at the art of cards. Wow. Like, I'm just like, that's, that's somebody on a card, whatever. Like... Like I, I never notice anything like that. It's so weird. That's funny. Like I just noticed that for the first time. I've never really looked at the art before. Well, she technically isn't African American. She's a Lauren. True. Good point. Esper American. Yeah, or even Bant American. Or, or not American at all. Bant Alaren. Bant Alaren. Bant Alaren or uh, Esper Alaren. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Rock and roll. Thank you. Makes me a little bit uh, like apprehensive about. Is that a word? Apprehensive. Apprehensive. That's it. I knew. I was like, that doesn't sound right. Makes me a little bit apprehensive to. Well, you know, you don't. Um, you know, you don't need to use big fancy words. Don't, don't be so pretensive. <laughs>